Hello, I'm Gareth Mitchell and this is Click. Today, Richard Branson and Virgin Hyperloop One. And we're going to have comment from Bill Thompson. Would you believe it? Hello, Bill. Hello there, Gareth. First, though, a futuristic plan to transport us in supersonic tube trains. This is a concept called the Hyperloop. And now one of the world's richest people is investing in it. Virgin Group founder Richard Branson has just done a deal with one of the companies developing the technology Hyperloop One. Now, we don't know much about the deal, but it does mean that Hyperloop One now has the name Virgin in front of it. Alison Van Diggelen, our reporter in Silicon Valley, has been speaking to Richard Branson and the conversation begins with Branson's other great interest, space. Not just Virgin Galactic, but plans to improve connectivity for citizens back here on Earth. With Virgin Galactic, our principal reason for being is to help this beautiful Earth that we live on, which sounds quite strange for a company that wants to take people away and into space. But space can help people back here on Earth. One of the things we're going to be doing through a company that we're involved in called OneWeb, is put an array of 2,000 satellites around the Earth. That will be the biggest array of satellites in space, and they can help connect the 4 billion people who are not connected today. And if you're not connected and you, you can't get internet and Wi-Fi, it's difficult for you to start businesses or help your children get educated and so on in, in remote places. So that's very important. What's the timeline on that? I think you mentioned something on that last night. OneWeb should be up and running in about two and a half years' time. Virgin Galactic, which is taking people into space, making them astronauts and giving them, I think, an incredible experience and a chance to look back on this beautiful Earth, next year should be the year for Virgin Galactic. And that should be the year that the PSS Unity goes into space. That should be the year that I go into space. And that should be the year that we start taking people into space. And because Virgin Galactic, unlike what Jeff Bezos and Elon is doing is shaped like an aeroplane. It's shaped like, like a spaceship, whereas they've gone for big rockets. It can go into space, it can come back, it can land again, and we can grow it so it can get bigger and bigger. So one day we can do point-to-point travel. What does that mean? You know, rocket speeds you know, around Earth? Well, we could potentially <laughs> send people into orbit at 18,500 miles an hour which would mean that you could go anywhere on Earth in about sort of 45 minutes. Realistically, our bodies won't cope with that. So we most likely would send people into a suborbital flight at travelling at more like 4,000 miles an hour, which would mean London to Australia in sort of three or four hours instead of 18 hours currently. So still a big step forward, much faster than Concord was and um, still tremendously exciting. What are the tech challenges to making that happen? Well, the advantage that we have today is that you've got something called carbon fibre. That is an awful lot lighter than metal, which is what um, Concord was built. That's one big advantage that we've got over Concord. That can also be used in the building of engines. And so a plane can be an awful lot lighter The technology on um, supersonic engine power has moved ahead dramatically since Concorde. And so, unlike Concorde, which was really built by the British and French governments and never really made any money, we think that we can actually build planes to go supersonically that would be economically viable as well. And, of course, as a private company, they have to be economically viable. Right. And is that a Virgin Galactic project or is that the Boom supersonic jet project? We're helping Boom, but we've also got our own Virgin Galactic project. 
So your latest big project is Virgin Hyperloop One. Tell me about that and your vision for that. Why did you decide to partner with, I know you know uh, Shervin Pushvar, uh, but what was it about that project that you thought, this is one for Virgin? <laughs> well, 20 years ago, British Rail existed in Britain. Uh, we said the government would be willing to take over the West Coast Main Line. We brought in fantastic new trains, the Pendolino train, but we are restricted to about 130 miles an hour, whereas our trains could be going 160 miles an hour because the track is not good enough. So we've been looking for technology that will transport people in Britain and other countries at much greater speeds. And um, the exciting thing about Hyperloop is we could, if we could get a straight line between London and Edinburgh, London and Glasgow, we could transport people in about 45 minutes. I mean, the pod could literally come to your office or your home, pick you up. Um, the pod then will take you, go down a tunnel, connect to our system. It takes off, and 45 minutes later, a lot easier than the whatever it is, four and a half, five hours it takes currently on trains. But obviously it's not just for Great Britain. We are talking to countries all over the world. That's Richard Branson talking to countries all over the world and also to Alison Van Diggelen. Let's talk to Bill Thompson. I really wish I could believe in the Hyperloop as something that will I will see in my lifetime. The idea is a really interesting one, you know, vacuum tube, you know, high acceleration, you coast because it's very low friction, you can do this, you know. And there are enormous engineering challenges. You can sort of see how they might be solved. But I, I do think that talking it up as if it's something that's almost, you know, just around the corner is, is mistaken because it's too much of a distraction from solving the real problems of urban transportation. And the fact is, getting the permissions to do something like a hyperloop, even if you could solve the engineering problems, sorting out the safety problems about what happens if the power goes down when you're travelling at several hundred kilometres an hour in a steel tube and you lose the magnetic field, all those things are going to take a lot more work. So I'm pleased to see it being talked about, but I'm definitely not holding my breath for it. OK, Bill. Thompson, thank you. 